Because American sports fans are willing to prostitute themselves in the bed of the almighty TV dollar. There, I said it. I'm not sure that's it. (laughs) I think that's a lot of it. Welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. This is Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Notice he's not claiming Wondolowski anymore. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't Ozil or Wondolowski today, yeah, was he? No. I wouldn't even say John Listen, Brooks. I'm, uh, I wouldn't even have claimed John Brooks today. I'm a little bothered <laughs> today by the fact that I shouldn't be. I really shouldn't be. No, right? no. We I should am, be happy today. We I'm, should be. I'm referencing the USA-Argentina game last night. Yes, which only happened because we beat Ecuador last yep. week. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We've got lots of time to talk about the United States men's national team. No, or sure. I know, I know. I'm just, I got mixed feelings. Team? What? Was it the women's national team? <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, Fox apparently oh. was confused. Uh, as well, Fox. about what they were seeing. Fox, how do you keep screwing this oh, up? Man, I don't understand. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it uh, as we get into that portion of our show. We'll talk about the Euros. We'll talk about the Premier League and the transfer news and the rumors that are coming up. We're going to say goodbye to one of our favorite players. Uh, I still don't formally feel good. Yeah. officially today. I still don't feel good about that. And we're going to give you an incomplete, unofficial history of Crystal Palace. But first, I Dave, am excited about that. <laughs> I appreciate that. But first, Dave, what kind of podcast are we? We are a fantasy soccer podcast. Fantasy during uh, majority of the year, fantasy and soccer mm-hmm. during the summer. Where there's not a whole lot of fantasy news, so we kind of, you know, we we emphasize the soccer part. Yeah, um, I like that of our summer. There is some crossover at times from mm-hmm. one sport that we all like, uh, and Ryan likes especially, and it's as, as I do as well. Is basketball, NBA mm. basketball. Yeah, yeah. We have referenced before that this is not a basketball podcast. It's not. It's th- not a basketball podcast. I think uh, we named an episode that, didn't we? We did. Mm. App, you know, aptly, that's not right. Yep, aptly. Yes. Aptly. Yeah, yeah. you got it. Uh, A-P-T, we, we yeah. Yep. 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 So, we're going, we, we just finished mm-hmm. the NBA playoffs, yeah. and we have an NBA champion. NBA mm-hmm. National Basketball Association. Mm-hmm. We right. have a With playoff an champion. Yeah, yeah, there they we go. They did not finish first in the regular season. <laughs> but that's not how American sports work. No, it is not. So, LeBron James led the Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. to an NBA title. Yeah. Probably one of the closer things we could end up having a little bit to Leicester winning the title. Sort of in a sense. In other words, Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. hasn't had a title and Lord knows, like 50, 50, years 50 plus years, yeah. any type of professional sports title. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, as kind of with Lester, you know, there's a, a duality there a I little feel bit. Good story. The difference there, the, 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 the similarities at that point stop. Yeah. <laughs> because then and I just get angry. Sure. But it was, yeah. listen, it was a playoff series, seven grueling games. There were some blowouts. <laughs> There were a Some couple close. There was a lot of blowouts. Ruling for 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 the viewers. So Brian, how did you feel? <laughs> Brian, you you like um, you love watching yeah. the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I am. I am. I accepted the Golden State Warriors into my heart three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I 
It was the playoff series when it was the upstart Warriors against the then probably strongest team in the Western Conference, the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. And they, even with injuries, the Warriors gave them a run. Sure. And it was the first time, I think, I mean, they were obviously good enough to make the playoffs. They had been good enough to make the playoffs for a while. But it was the first time, I think, nationally everyone saw what they were capable of. Right. Because I think everyone kind of expected San Antonio to roll them. And I remember specifically in that series, those first three games, everyone walked away saying, this could easily be 2-1 Warriors. And yeah. it was it was flipped. It was 2-1 Spurs at that point. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, but that was the first time where I was. I think everyone was really paying attention to them. It was when I started to really enjoy them. And so that following season was when yeah, they end up winning the championship. What were you trying to get at here? Well, no, I just I, I wanted your opinion. Obviously, the Warriors hold a a very uh, big place in your rooting sport interest. Yes, and it and was lost. probably yes, difficult. and they lost. Yes. They lost the series. To the Cleveland Cavaliers, this, this finals. Could not repeat. Lost in seven games. Won some, some might even say <clears throat> choked a little bit since yes. they were up 3-1 in yep. the series. So we just wanted, uh, we wanted to give you the, the floor to be able to talk through your feelings a little bit, Brian. Well, it still stings. I can say that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Should I, the Warriors be the champions? Um, no. Mm. Uh, I'm saying that I don't think I, I won't go that far as to say that because what what they did to dig themselves what they did to get themselves the lead it's like they did the equally wrong things to lose themselves the lead sure. and I'm not a conspiracy theorist I don't I don't agree that there is any I don't think that the league intentionally did anything to drag this not series even a little up. bit. I mean, come on! It's 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 getting a little ridiculous. How many times you can raise the conspiracy theory card and start to play it because of how apparent it appears? At some point, you just have to say, "This might be a thing." I mean, I'm sure the NBA loves having seven games of sure. of revenue sure. and and viewership and ratings and, uh, compared to five. So you don't think that maybe, like you know, secretly, quietly, there's some conversations going there's on. There's nothing saying, going on. Call, call a couple this way. There's that. You want to know why there's nothing going on? Why? Because there's people, big time money people all across this world, who are who are betting money on these games. Vegas always is bet the quickest on the seven to, game series. Vegas is the quickest. <laughs> is there a bet on how, how many games it's going to go? I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably there, there might be, but Vegas doesn't want anyone messing with their. Tinkering with yeah. their stuff. I'm just we saying. Were, we I, were I, here. I, I don't really. Th- I'm not a conspiracy theorist either, but I'm serious. Like at some point, you just have to say that the validity of this being brought up again and again and again in the NBA. Uh, it, it, at some point, you just have to say maybe this is real. And that's why everybody was dis- when when the referee Tim Donaghy, uh, now disgraced referee Tim Donaghy, who is did he go to prison? Uh, for for fixing games, he admitted that he he admitted that he recall. yeah he uh, he was the referee for some uh, pretty important games in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Admitted that uh, he had thrown games or that he had he had been an, he'd he, messed with the over unders. Yes, and he had not de- necessarily he, thrown wins. And well, losses. yeah, that he had, but that he had directly impacted outcomes of games 
based on his own officiating. Could that, could an individual referee be involved in that? I don't know which referee I'm going to blame that's been on the floor. I'm the one with the series. really slicked back hair. Scott Foster. All right, there you go. I tell you who has a lot of control over games is soccer referees. Hmm. Sure. Calling penalties, not calling penalties, sure, single-handedly is the biggest yeah, decision absolutely. referees but, have every single game. And this is not a basketball podcast. But when we were here a few weeks ago <laughs> in that same episode, it was saying we are at the point where there's a team that has clearly distinguished themselves as the best team in in basketball. Yeah, which was the Warriors. They set a, a season rec- NBA all-time record of 73 they, wins. They broke on nine a, losses. A, what, a, what many people believe to be a, a, as close to an unbreakable record as there is in, in sports. But how much does that matter? Now? Yes. Zero. Yeah. Or slightly more than zero. So can I can I can I jump in on that a little bit? Because yes. basically what that what you just said, and I completely agree with you, but what you just said is that six months of basketball ceases to matter in the face of one day. Literally a game seven. One had the Warriors won game seven, we would have said best team in the maybe the history of the NBA. They won seventy three games. That's but true. but we're saying that six months of regular season basketball plus six weeks of playoff basketball all is meaningless because they lost in one game. Yeah, and no one no, that is a stupid system. No one that is a stupid system. There is no narrative that is going to allow for. The Warriors to be a historical, historically great, and uh, and to account for them losing the finals. It's not they cannot balance because immediately the day after, former Chicago Bull Scottie Pippen, yeah. former Chicago Bull, and former De- uh, Detroit Piston Dennis Rodman, but both played on the ninety five ninety six Bulls, the comparable team to this Warriors team this year. And the next day. This proves that they're not that we are still the greatest team of all time. That's the first. That is the first headline. That, that sounds is the like first the high story. school quarterback saying, yeah. "I'm still the best player at my high school," <laughs> kind of. even though he's got the the pot belly and the uh, the balding hairline. Maybe worse is the effect that it had on the season that Steph Curry specifically had and his MVP yeah Steph yeah, Curry so goes, and it's series. it's the it, it's similar to last year only the difference is last year he ended the series by being really good this year he was notoriously absent kind of yeah. as the series went on it but, it almost does more to invalidate his MVP season or at least comparably what difference is his MVP season compared to LeBron's to the LeBron James NBA sure. Finals MVP. Uh, valid questions all, but the thing that I cannot get over and I'm going to keep yelling about is how stupid are we in this country? How stupid are we to buy into a sports system where we have just negated seven and a half months of basketball in one day? Where we said all this stuff that the war- Anyone who watched any of those record-breaking 73 wins of the Warriors literally wasted their life watching those basketball games because none of it 
mattered once they lost game seven. Mm-hmm. We talked, we compared this, you, you compared it just now again. We've been comparing it all week since this happened to the, to the Leicester season about how, you know, the, the Premier League is set up so that there are no playoffs. The first place team at the end of the league season wins the Premier, wins the Premier League. League. And sure, there was a little bit of an anti-climax to this year because they won it with a couple of games left to play. Yep. And so you didn't get a champion on the last day of the season, which, Brian, you mentioned that some of your American sports fan friends were like, what is this? Lester wins the title at Jamie Vardy's apartment. How mm-hmm. does that happen? Sure. Yes, yeah. that sure. There are definitely downsides to not having a playoff. Namely, that you don't have the Game 7 drama that you had in the NBA. Yeah. I get the made-for-TV spectacle of this whole American playoff system. What I don't understand is why anyone should even pay any attention or give one or two craps about any sport at all until I get to Game 7. Why Mm -hmm. should it matter at all? I'm at the point already where I have realized this and I don't waste my time. I'm not wasting my life watching seven and a half months of basketball until Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch the game that actually does matter. The only thing that's comparable to this Warriors loss at this point was, what, nine years ago when the New England Patriots— New England Patriots, which Charles Barkley, NBA great Charles Barkley, that was the immediate comparison. This Warriors team is exactly like the 2007 Patriots, who we look back on most of the country looks back on that in pure joy. Absolutely, I do back, too. You look back on that and you say that was one of the great sports moments of my life except Dave who is a massive Tom Brady defender. It's just <laughs> completely false. <laughs> Dave yeah. loves I remember it. Tom story, Brady. We were all actually in the same we place. We were yeah, drinking which only Canadian beer because that's all we had left. That was all we had left to celebrate with was Molson. But we, we That were... was probably the last football game the three of us were together <laughs> to actually watch. Yeah. Really true. My poor neighbors. Oh, they must have been wondering what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. already watching the game. But, um, yeah, so they beat the Giants to go undefeated in the regular season and then lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl. And who cares that they went undefeated in the regular season? Who cares? Not, oh, certainly not they Patriots They lost to fans. them in the Super Bowl. Right. Technically, they should have played a third and final game. If, Honestly. I mean, they both had one apiece. But that's rub, not how it works. Right. Playoffs do not reward the best team over the course of the season. You don't even need to watch on a baseball. Who watches opening day baseball anymore? You shouldn't. It's the first of 162 games that barely matter once you get into October. It's six months of regular season. We play 82 games to go from 30 NBA teams to 16. Yeah. We do the same thing in the NHL. The NFL... It's a little better. Less than half of the teams get into the playoffs, but I play 16 games so that only the last three or four matter. And they are trying to expand that, and they're going to keep trying to expand it until it looks like the freaking March Madness tournament in every sport because everyone thinks they love playoffs. Because American sports fans are willing to prostitute themselves in the bed of the almighty TV dollar. There, I said it. I'm not sure that's it. I think that's a lot of it. But people love. But I'm going to tell you this. Gonna, so. But people want to love the the apparent, sports, the apparent drama. Our sports, though, have been set up. up. Our sports have been set up. American sports, football, baseball, basketball, have been set up for what about hockey? Years, for years before we were making a lot of money doing it. Sure. Okay. But a lot of a lot hold changed on, hold since on. it's gone to TV. I think the playoff system is inherently in the American DNA. Why? Because we love the underdogs. We're giving the underdog a chance 
to overcome yes. the 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 best team who's been out there. Our our whole system set up like that. Us as a country, for the most part, up until the last fifty years, has always been an underdog when it comes to many 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 things, right? And and we set our sports up to embrace that, and that is one of the reasons why, in my opinion, it is what it is. It's one of the reasons why, for some reason, I think the U.S. should be able to compete with Argentina, okay? <laughs> because that stupid, whatever, American underdog process is woven into my brain, and I can't get it out. And I'm thinking that, you know, you know, one or two nothing would have been a successful night, but we lose four nothing. You know, and so I'm just... I don't disagree that the, that the spectacle is great. I watched mm-hmm. Game 7. I watched the Patriots you and, and the Giants. You and 30 million other yeah, viewers absolutely. watched it. absolutely. There's a, there's a reason why it's happening. The the fan in me, though, that that has a brain, wants, I, it wants it to make sense. Is there a fan that doesn't have a brain in there? Uh, in me, <laughs> no, but there's... 30 million of them who, who don't, uh, unless they're also saying the same thing I am. Yeah. But, um, which I realized was a very arrogant statement I just made. I apologize. I'm Never little, apologize for I'm, that. Uh, I'm a little animated here. But the problem is, like, I just, I don't, I want to get to a point when I finish a sporting event where I feel good about having watched it and don't feel like I've wasted my time. And when you get to an end of a season where, I mean, the LeBron story is great, the Cleveland story is great, I'm not diminishing that. What I'm saying, though, is that the system, when, when he gets to the end of the season and I realize any minute I spent on Golden State basketball this year for eight months just ceased to have any meaning, really. I mean, you, no one feels good about what happened from that Golden State perspective, especially if you spent all your regular season yeah. chasing after this record. No, and, it doesn't he, and, and that's exactly it. The, and I don't like a system like that. I want a system that rewards the best team over the course of a season, like the Premier League. And that way, when that happens, like, uh, there's a reason why, up until a couple of years ago, college football was the only sport besides the Premier League that I watched for an entire season. Because those were the games that mattered. The regular season mattered when you didn't have a playoff. Now with college football, teams can lose a couple of times. You just got to get into the playoff. Guess what? I watch less college football now during the regular season because the games that really matter are the playoffs at the end. It could, could it also coincide with the fact that NBC is now broadcasting all the Premier League games? The, the availability <laughs> of the games is certainly, certainly helps. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. But my point is yeah. game one has just as much meaning as game 38 in the Premier League. And that's yes, why that's now the magnitude might be different in game 38, mm-hmm. but the weight of the value of the result is the same. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to watch game one through 38, whereas with Golden State, I didn't have to watch until game seven. No, and the only thing that we, you would have done through, like I did this entire season, like I remember saying to you really early on, David, in the, the NBA season, this is different. They when they were like four or five and zero, oh, I I remember saying to yeah. to friends like these this is this is essential viewing because what is happening well, right now is this is going this is this is different level of basketball. They started the season with and they started twenty four and zero. Twenty four of what's wrong with me? Which is which is unheard of, yeah. and it and their losses when you that's that's the amazing part. They had nine losses in the regular season. They had nine losses in the playoffs. 
they lose the same number of games from like May 1st until June 17th yeah. or whatever it was yeah. as they did from October to May. And the nine losses in the playoffs are of uh, immense magnitude compared to the nine losses in the regular season. It yeah. it far outweighs everything that they did in the regular season. Steph Curry as NBA efficiency historical anomaly on every chart that you can possibly look at. Breaking his own three-point record in January from like he shot 402 three-point he made 402 three-pointers in the season. He broke his previous record three months before the season was over. Like, Ridiculous. That doesn't make sense. And it doesn't matter. Because in the end, all anyone is going to say is, they didn't win the where title. were you in the finals? You choked in the yeah. finals. You lost the finals. You were, his, you were a, the one of the worst MVPs, one of the yeah. worst regular season MVPs in NBA Finals history. You weren't there. You had horrible turnovers, and you didn't. And you weren't magic in the finals the way you were magic in the regular season. And I get it. I get why we have it. You're just never going to convince me that it's the right way to do it. The right way to do it is going to be the way it's done in the Premier League. Should we? Should we make this a soccer podcast again? This is not a basketball. This is podcast. not a basketball podcast. But and you know don't. What? If we need to shorten this part of, it, just edit out my prostitution <laughs> comment. And don't. And don't get started on baseball because I'm wearing a Pirates hat right now, and I've watched the Pirates lose in the Major League Baseball playoffs in one uh-huh. game wild card, which playoffs. is made for TV spectacle. That's but that's made insane. For like, TV the, the one game playoff, it's baseball thing is two really years stupid. in a row playing the one but why do they do it tv drama right? tv drama that's no, why that's i why mean they, they, they that tried is why they do it they're trying to make the regular season matter more trying to by adding in more drama true. to who makes but the, the, playoffs. En- the end of the they're season doing it the wrong way the last month really is they what they're the trying to every time all right let's go into the united states shall we we shall yeah so two matches have taken place from the for the U.S. men's national team since we last were uh, recording. Uh, we, uh, you and I, Dave, watched the uh, quarterfinal against Ecuador yes, together. We did. The United States getting a two-one victory looked uh, looked good. It was an f- exciting night. We did look good. It was it was refreshing. It mm-hmm. really, really was. Uh, we played well. We did it without Yedlin back at the, at right back, so we had to make some changes. Um, no, it looked good. It was really encouraging. Going forward. Now, what didn't look good was we had some guys lose their heads, mm-hmm. and they got some yellow cards. And we lost three guys we lost the Argentina three man. guys to a, a cumulative yellow cards. Mm-hmm. Two ridiculously important guys. 30%, 30% of our starters mm-hmm. we lost, Yeah, and that hurt. That it really did. hurt. And it I didn't realize how much it was going to hurt yeah. until I was watching last night. And I've never been a big Jermaine Jones Fan. Clearly, we blasted him two weeks ago. But I felt like we really needed him last night. I did, too. Because he's so good. <laughs> well, listen, one of his strengths one of his strengths is, is breaking up plays yeah. and getting in passing lanes, chasing guys down from behind. We didn't have him out there doing that in the midfield, and we didn't have Bobby Wood putting pressure on nope. their defenders. And that's where Argentina, <laughs> that's where they gave up that, that goal to Venezuela. Their game before, their defenders aren't the greatest passers, and they try to build up play from the back. Yeah. So if you're able to put pressure on them, 
it really, you know, it really makes them nervous. And Bobby Wood is really good at that. Wando? Not Wando so is not, not even yeah. close. I'm surprised. Uh, Wando was the big surprise for me. You and I were talking before we Chris started. Wanderlowski. Chris Wanderlowski. We're, we're shorting it up with Wando. Well, yeah. Well, can we shorten it even more? We might not ever talk about him again on this pod. So this Excellent. is probably his 15 Excellent. seconds of fame. Well, the, uh, the big surprise was his inclusion in the lineup in place of Bobby Wood. And uh, you and I were talking before we recorded. It, it really seemed as if Klinsman said, you know what? We got our goal. We made our goal. We, we got made to the, the semifinals. semifinals. We're playing the number one team in the world. It doesn't really matter what the result is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the old guys go out there and play maybe, maybe one last time before we give the kids their chance in the next you know, World Cup. It, I know he's probably not actually saying that, but that's what it felt like when you see Beckerman, Zussi, and Wando playing for those three starters who were suspended. I know that, and I already said it before, I expect too much. I mean, come on. We're playing the number one team in the world. We're missing three of our starters. We are, you know, maybe it's, I don't know what I was expecting. but I was expecting three or four nil. And it was four nil. I was expecting maybe at the most two to one, and I was hoping for that. But this is what's frustrating. We had zero shots. <laughs> they could have played without Romero in goal. We had zero shots, and that means zero on target. Okay, that is so f- pathetic. I saw That's a tweet. so pathetic. I saw a tweet in the second half last night. Someone asked, "Would it be weird if we sub in Tim Howard to play alongside Brad Guzan?" <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is pretty, I like that. I like that. Hey, we needed it though. Guzam is not entirely to blame for all four goals. He did. He did uh, have a howler of a moment. For yes, the first, first goal. goal in the third minute. Uh, Lavetsi puts in a header, and Guzan could have gotten to the ball before Lavetsi headed it, but he had some indecision. He took one step towards him, and then he realized he wasn't going to get there, or he didn't think he could. So he backed up just one step, and then he got caught in no man's land, mm-hmm. and the header goes Would over Would have been better head. just to run straight at it and get get blasted right in the face. He, or just <laughs> or stay, stay there. Stay on your it's line. A, yeah. It was yeah. the softest little dink header. It was a header that wouldn't have gone he by. He never would have gotten any power line. on it. Yep. There was no chance it was going to go in unless Guzan did exactly what he did, yeah. which was the nothing. <laughs> so that was annoying. Uh, Wanderlowski coming back about 20 minutes later in the game, playing some form of defense. I have no idea why he's making a tackle on top of the box. (laughs) He literally thought he was Beckerman or something. And he takes down Messi, and Messi then proceeds to put in a free kick. Honestly, it's probably the best one I've seen all year. It was... Beyond Payette-esque? Uh, it was. It was beyond well, Payette. Because of the arc of the ball. I mean, it was so perfect. It was well, unbelievable. It was in the only tiny spot that it could go in the top corner. There was nowhere else for the ball to go. I mean, we, we Guzan was protecting he, that yeah, corner. He, he had was, it covered. Yeah. I mean, he was there, and it still it went up and over and just under the bar into that top corner. It was amazing. I don't know. The only, I just think of the 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 free kick that Payette had when – froze the like Guzan had it he made the move in the right place w- w- who was it against in the regular in the regular season that Payet had the free kick where was it was it West Brom it was whoever it was that players on the on the pitch during the kick screamed that it was going over 
Like because of the tra- <laughs> the arc of the ball, yeah, they thought it, yeah, and it dipped, and the and it, the goalkeeper didn't even move. I feel like those are. I feel like that's better in principle, but what sure. everyone saw it last night was exactly what everyone well, wanted and, to see Messi do. And in, Messi was either the second reason why you were there, if you're a U.S. men's national team fan, or he was the reason why you right, were there. Right. And he definitely gave people their minds. Wow, he did that amazing. Was a great, great he goal. Ends up with assisting Iguain two more times in the game. So yeah, 4-0 you know, finish. Argentina's in the Copa America final. They'll play either Colombia or Chile as we record this. That quarter, uh, semifinal is yet to be played. That'll be Wednesday night. It's Wednesday morning for us. It's Wednesday morning for everyone, but it's Wednesday morning for us as well. That's right. <laughs> right yeah, very good. Don't, don't exclude us from Wednesday morning. <laughs> now, I will say this. We looked... We looked so outclassed, which we were. We were going to be to, to regardless. I am excited for this. We there is a third place game, not no, against either. Play, not against either. Again. Not against either of those teams. We're going to play Colombia again. There's going to be even fewer American fans for a third place game than there were to start the tournament. There might be true, but we're probably, I it's not. hope that this gives them a chance to... Do you think he'll play, he being Klinsman, do you think Klinsman will play the kids in the third place game, or do you think it'll be the swan song for the vets? I don't know. I mean, you... you, I'm getting, my money's on swan song. Maybe. You really want to watch that against Columbia? We'll see if it's Columbia. If I see the lineup, (laughs) I don't know. I just hope, listen, I heard an interview with Klinsman earlier in the day, and he was saying how he want. He was excited for the Argentina game because we're going to show the world Mm. how far we've come. And let me tell you, Jurgen, if that's how far we've come, then I tell you what, Uh, you've done a a four-letter job, okay? (laughs) Because we looked, we looked, we looked horrible. So let's just listen. And and, and here's the other deal too. We we we've already talked, discussed this. We had defenders, and we have. We have we have pretty good defenders in in the defense. We have uh, some decent young strikers coming up, and Clint Dempsey has always been pretty good. Where we really are average and way below average on the world level is midfielders. Way below, and it's that a, that we last week. those types of players have to be brought up in academies, and mm. every other country has academies. And I I know the U.S. has started them, well, but the academy soccer's. development, yeah. If you don't get the right coaches in there and the right people, we're never gonna we're never gonna be able to compete on a world level until we have midfielders that other people want. That, yeah. that you know, and it's and good. It's a good comment. I was gonna ask what that what it means at all, win or lose. I know that was a that was an article. Yeah. Art. Well, no, for the United States. Yeah. But that was a, that's an article that th- it was on the Ringer. It's, that it's they a, they said it means everything and nothing. Yeah. It's it's simultaneous. It has yeah. it almost says nothing about the state of U.S. soccer whether we win or lose. Well, as big as the Ecuador game know. was, there weren't a lot of many people. I, I don't know what their TV ratings were, but I know it was probably overshadowed by Game Six of the NBA Finals. The fact that we were in the semifinals, it's a we're on a big stage. You know, we we capture the casual sports fan when we get to this point in tournaments. You know, when we get to the knockout rounds in a World Cup, when we get to the semifinals of the Copa America, the, the, it's, it's what I call the newspaper test. If, 
if the U.S. men's national team is being mentioned in my local newspaper, then I know that the the game that's upcoming is capturing the casual sports fan. And this game did. The problem is, is when we get to this game, that's usually where we meet the Argentinas, the Germanys, the Brazils, and we don't end up looking so good. And then U.S. soccer just goes right back to where they were in the casual sports well, fans' minds. You're right. It, it does. Um, and that's why this tournament, I think what it means is nothing. It's more mm. nothing than something. Because even though they got to the semifinals and met their goal and had three solid wins in a row in the middle of this tournament, the way it ended is going to define it. Maybe. I think you're being a little harsh. And, and we need to move on. I want to say a, a couple things here. As much as I'm banging on our performance against Argentina, let's look on the let's let's flip the script. You can always look at things two different ways. We were in a group with Colombia. Go ahead, try with Colombia and Costa Rica. Why would you try to read anything upside down? I don't know. Script. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know what? You two are dumb. Um, (laughs) So listen, we're in a group. We were in a group with Colombia, third ranked in the FIFA rankings. Costa Rica, twenty third ranked in the FIFA rankings. Okay, we, we make it. We were 31, by the way, world ranking. 31? Yes. That's probably generous. How do we get that high? So <laughs> we finished top in the group. Yeah. We finished farther in the tournament mm-hmm. than Mexico. Than Mexico. Mexico being ranked 16th in the world. Okay. Uruguay, ranked number nine. Mm-hmm. Brazil, number seven. Mm. We made it further in the tournament than they did. So when. You know, and listen, there, there's questions that you, we were all asking about. You know, one of the biggest questions that we were asking about the USA national team was, what are we doing in defense? Who's going to be the, our back four? Are we going to have a consistent back four from here right. going forward? It seems to be Brooks Cameron in the middle and Yedlin Johnson, Johnson on the outside. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Listen, they did, they did pretty well, ex- with the exception of last night. But they did pretty well in the tournament. So as much as I'm banging on our, you know, Klinsman and our performance, looking in that type of, of light, I, you know, the tournament yeah, was good for us. You're taking the silver lining. The other thing is this. This just gets more soccer games in front of the U.S. public. Yeah. What's frustrating is this. There's a local radio show, sports show, here where we live, and they were trying to talk soccer yesterday. And they, they couldn't have sounded like more <laughs> dumb Americans you need to... who understand nothing. Yeah. They, they sounded so intellectually stupid. and We need to get them smart. No, they sounded so stupid. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want them to get smart because they sounded so stupid. No, it's what Klinsman said when he first became uh, the manager of the U.S. men's national team. He said, this is what, six years ago now? He said... That soccer won't be great in this country until it's the game that the kids are playing in the street. I think we're getting there. We are getting there. I think we're getting there. Having it on TV, having FIFA 16 and 17 and every single year on every single console, gaming console, it's the number one game in the world. And you see it last night, uh, now the interplay between the men's national team, the women's national team, probably, I mean, win or lose for the men's national team. It, it it they've got the support of or at least the the backing of most of the rest of sports mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah, almost every like there are so many teams, individual players. You have Kobe Bryant narrating the Copa commercials. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have 
you have individual players from NFL teams who are sending personal messages to the men's national team. We didn't talk about it a few weeks ago, not to drag basketball back into this. But this one is of the, not a basketball podcast. One of the first, one of the like after game one or two of the finals, it was right near the beginning of the Copa, and there were multiple reporters asking Steph Curry about what it was like to meet Neymar whenever he met Neymar, and and that he was disappointed that he didn't get a chance to meet Messi while they were still in. Cal- it was right before they flew out to Cleveland for game three. Like that was where the, that was the, that was where things the trajectory was headed towards Steph Curry and and Messi finally getting a personal meeting with each other yeah. and not swapping jerseys from across the across the Atlantic. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it's growing, it's growing, and having slowly it f- but surely. And you know what? We're gonna keep banging that drum. I hope we can play a part in that. Shifting gears to uh, the Superior Tournament that's going on this summer, the uh, Euro 2016 Tournament. Come on, you have to admit, it's been fun, right? The it's Euros been a fun the, tournament. The, yeah, it has. Yeah, why are you sitting down on England? Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll definitely get to that. In, in, in honor of the Euros, I did create another uh, a top ten list, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's rock, so there rock it eight, out. There have been eight days of games since. Do some kind of, uh, what's, the, what's the intro? What's the buildup for that going to be? I'll come up with Scott's something. Scott's top ten. Euro championship. <laughs> I'm not singing it. You guys I'm don't bait no. me because you know I'll come up with something. Dave will sing <laughs> if he has to. Scott's top ten. Scott's top ten. Uh, so unlike last week, I'm, I went ahead and I put this in chronological order. So from Good. the day that we last recorded up to yesterday's matches. Okay. So not necessarily a top ten list in terms of importance, but in, in chronological order. Here we go. Uh, number ten. Uh, this happened, I think, the day we recorded last week. Uh, Iceland's draw with Portugal. Yeah, that was so good. We are all Iceland now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're all Iceland sons. <laughs> we are all. <laughs> I Gilfie never. Sigurdsson, Larzic, Karklinsen. We are all Iceland. <laughs> I have never realized this before, but I'm looking at the Iceland team sheet and all their subs. And their coach, everyone's name ends in son. Yep, because they were all the son of another they are the sons human being of Iceland. <laughs> well, and they all look like extras from the TV show Vikings. I mean, it's amazing how Icelandic an Iceland soccer team can look. It's amazing. But the uh, the the best part, I think, too, is not just the draw, getting this point. And I think this is their first ever major tournament. Um, yeah. I- I think Am you're I right. right I think you're right. No, I think uh, this is the first time they're in the Euros. So they get a point in their first match, drawing with Portugal. And, and the best part was seeing Cristiano Ronaldo was so upset. How is this not a separate point? I don't know. How well, is this I, not number nine? It's not a top 20 list. So Otherwise, it would be. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo whining after this match about how yeah. Iceland didn't come out and, and play. They parked a bus in a net, I think is what he said. And uh, he's very upset about this. And Iceland's like, what's his problem? Portugal just drew with us. Whatever. Yeah, I love it. I love the what attitude. They're supposed to do the team spirit. They're, they're trying to get a point. Yeah, that's what no, they're trying to no do. Doubt. What did he call no it? Doubt. Didn't he say it was cheap tactics or it's not? It's it, it, that we're not it was, such a baby that they all they did was defend, 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 and they weren't ever doing anything going forward. And and yet they scored a goal. Yeah, they yeah, sure well, they did, did enough. To, they did enough to win. Number or they to did draw, enough to draw, to draw yeah. which yeah. felt like I meant a win. to get a point. You're right. They, it felt like a draw felt like a win. You're right. 
hold that thought. That'll come up again here in just a bit. Number nine. England and Wales. That was a fun one. Had some build up to it because yeah, of the uh, uh, of the uh, the nature of the two countries, their relationship together, and the match itself was great. Gareth Bale scoring yep. early, super subs, Jamie Vardy and uh, Daniel Sturridge scoring late, uh, or well, Sturridge scored late, uh, but uh, they came off the bench to score, and uh, England gets the win. Felt a little bit bad for Wales. Yep. Um, but I also felt good for England. I was torn in that match because I, I really would like to see both countries do well in this tournament. And I think they, mm, I think one of them is going to do pretty well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Number eight. I loved seeing Northern Ireland beat Ukraine. I thought it was great. Northern Ireland, yeah. they, they have a little bit of a history, but it goes way back, way before any of our times. And, uh, and they're back into this tournament now, and uh, they got a big three points playing Ukraine. Huge. They also, since then, got, well, they almost got a point from, from Germany. Stay tuned for that. Okay. Yeah, Number right. seven. Right, sorry. Speaking of Germany, you have a perfect segue. Okay. I thought it was a big story that they drew with Poland. That mm-hmm. was that was crazy. Germany drawing with Poland. Poland is going to be sneaky good. Poland's got a pretty good. good team. They're going to be sneaky good in this in this knockout stage. They're already uh, the round of sixteen matchup is already set against Switzerland, and I think that's a very winnable one for them. It is. That's interesting. I, I almost I feel like both those teams are pretty even. Mm-hmm. That's going to be that's going to come down to uh, to whoever can make just one or two better plays. That, that's, Shakiri versus Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. Oh. Man, the Oompa Loompa's going to be running wild. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, and this one is, this this would be number one if this was in a a list of importance, in order of importance, the flares in the Czech Republic-Croatia match. How about the, like, the fireworks somehow getting thrown out onto the pitch? On the field. And the steward, like, getting blasted by one. Crazy. Flying over, off, I mean, it was almost like he flew off the ground. Have they gotten the, um... The the weird uh, suspension, like Russia did. They should, but Croatia. I haven't even seen any story about that. Yeah. I, I did see a couple of stories. One I think was uh, trying to give credit where it's due. I think it was from the Guardian, where they're talking about how you know Croatia played two qualification matches to empty stadiums because of fan issues, wow. uh, and then in one of those empty stadiums, a fan or someone someone got into the stadium and drew a swastika on the pitch before the match could take place in said empty stadium, uh, and so they've had some issues. A lot of people were like. Your team is up. Why are you causing trouble in the stands when your team is up? And then mm-hmm. you know, Czech Republic ended up scoring on a late penalty um, to 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 see the result out at two two. But uh, you know, people are like, "You're ahead two one at this point. What yeah. what are you doing?" And and the Guardian pointed out that, and a couple other places, they said that. There is a segment of Croatian fans who believe that their soccer FA is so corrupt that the only way that they feel like they can fix it is it's by trying to sabotage their team. national team. That's so crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, and it's sad because Croatia is pretty good. They yeah. are pretty good in this they tournament. Be, they could do a lot. They, they won a game They won yesterday. Recently. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what number is that <laughs> on your list? <laughs> I, I know. You guys are like, can I talk about? I this? was a little hesitant <laughs> there. Number five, back to Cristiano Ronaldo. He had a historically bad game against Austria, Portugal, Austria. How many chances did he miss? Ian Dark was so harsh on him. Ian and I loved Dark it. is a, is an American hero. 
if we already didn't miss him enough through the Premier League season and only have to see him as an occasional commentator on ESPN FC, hearing him in the Euros is like, it is, yes, it is just like, can you come read my stories to me? Can, <laughs> so you just, can we just talk a little bit? I want to hear you. Again, and we get to hear him again. The soccer moment I have replayed over and over and over again is uh, is two World Cups ago when Landon Donovan scored late against Algeria, and Ian Dark is, of course, he broadcasted that. He's been the U.S. announcer for the last two World Cups for ESPN, and I just I love hearing him call U.S. great World Cup. He's been fantastic. You know who's is very good is Taylor Twelman as his partner has been pretty good. Taylor Twelman. Compared to the Fox announcer. Greater than sign by 500, Eric Winalda. Oh, my Uh, gosh. It's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Ronaldo being bad. No, oh, Ronaldo is terrible. Yeah. But Ian Dark is so ruthless good. with so him. Good. But not even ruthless. That perfectly, perfectly dry. Yep. And and nails it every single time. He and John Champion are so good at that type yep. of humor. I love. Yep. I'll, I'll listen. I I wouldn't have to watch a soccer game that John Champion is announcing. I just want to listen to John Champion because mm. he's so sneaky funny. Sure. Number four, Albania gets a win in this tournament. That was such a good moment, I thought. Beating Romania, it might not matter. They're a third-place team, and I don't know that they're going to be one of the four that are going to advance. We'll find out. You'll know by the time you hear this, uh, listeners at home. Uh, But uh, I thought it was cool to see Albania get a win in the tournament. The, The joy that they had after scoring and after winning, that's what this tournament's all about. Number three, Roy Hodgson dialed up the changes in the England lineup against Slovakia. Played the the so-called B team. The made a lot of what nine, eight changes in the lineup. Didn't really matter much. Very frustrating game for England. They had a lot of chances. Just didn't capitalize. <laughs> I think it was nil-nil at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was. England gets a draw. I'm surprised Jack Wilshire. Like I'm surprised that Milner and Henderson. Like they still haven't. Henderson started in this How one. Milner did not Didn't play. they have double digit, well into the double digit of chances? Yeah, yeah. They I, had Wilshire a lot. was, I think, one of the first subbed off, wasn't he? Yes. As I just wondering why he even got the start. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too. in training, so I don't know what's going why on. Why is he on the? Why is he even on the squad? I've been well, saying that since I, the tournament I, listen, started. I'm a Arsenal fan, and I agree with you. I don't know why he's on the. I don't know why he's on the team. Number two. While that match was going on, Wales and Russia also played uh, the other two teams in Group B. And uh, what I thought, uh, there's a lot to talk about from this match, but but I'll just say that the the best soccer-related hashtag occurred from this match. Is that right? Because you know, typically what they do is they take the first three letters from one country and the first three letters from the other country and put them together into sure. a hashtag. Well, this match was hashtag walrus. walrus. <laughs> <laughs> All of that, in my mind, overshadowed the fact that Wales crushed Russia and yeah. won Group B. Three, three, nothing crush. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's from a, that's, all of the bright people too. Yep, that's right. Gareth Bale, your favorite new hair, uh, Aaron, Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> Everyone's favorite new hair hey, destroys. It's hair. It's hard. Ramsey uh, had like a a goal and two assists. Yeah, right? he had a great game, great match. Wait, who's? Wh- why can't I think of him now? The who who. Uh, 
Manchester City, the the sub Nasri. Yes. Yeah. Samir Ramsey's Nasri, hair, like hair obliterates <laughs> Samir Nasri's hair. No, it's it's a it's a perfect platinum. Oh blonde. yeah, and not the uh, and not that weird. Come on, uh, Brian. You know you want to go platinum. Blonde. Dark roots. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever, dude. It's all about hair. Hey, listen. This Wales win. This is not a hair podcast. <laughs> it could be. Uh, this this win for Wales and, and winning the group means could mean the difference between playing in Albania versus playing in Portugal. We'll see. England might not be happy. I told you Hodgson was going to find a way You're to mess this up. You're not interested in seeing that at all? England-Portugal? Yes. Oh, no. I would totally watch that. Absolutely. Especially if Ian Dark's calling it, which he would be. I feel like that would be the just the just the potential of that seems like it would be uh all the misses. I would love the number of the number of wasteful Brian, opportunities there, in that match. Would it be better that in England and Portugal neither one start a keeper? Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> be like you know, like you ate soccer, you're not no allowed way. to have a goalkeeper. I want Joe Hart. Joe Hart is He's talk nuts. about talk want, about drama. Nuts. That is drama. And Joe Hart does scream drama. Joe Hart accidentally missing the ball and punching Ronaldo in the face. That could happen. The fact uh, that uh, he is tunnel drama is is <laughs> enough they drama. Have to, I love they have real to drama. The I love tunnel Joe the, Hart. Yes, <laughs> I love tunnel Joe Hart. <laughs> the TV executives are like, okay, we can't even just. We're not even going to try. Just meet the mics when Joe Hart. Just, Hart's just in cut the, the audio. <laughs> cut the audio in the tunnel. Oh man. Okay, so number one. Take your pick. Uh, you know, we've got late goals like crazy in this tournament. There's tons of blood. There's been lots of bloody faces in this tournament. Guys getting cut like crazy, just pouring out of their heads. Razor elbows everywhere. Exactly. Uh, Northern Ireland has has advanced. They're definitely they've guaranteed that they're going to advance as one of the third-place teams. Croatia with a great result yesterday against Spain. I mean, what do you want from this tournament? You're. Like, I was skeptical when they expanded from 16 to 24 teams. That it was going to water it down. I'm not in favor of expansion. See the first 30 minutes of this podcast. Sure, but it's resulted in a good tournament. So it far. has. It's been a great tournament. Did you finish Spain? And uh, no, I haven't. But I know. And I and I'm glad. I'm glad that we get we get a lot more. I mean, it's not it's, like it's still coming. There's more to come. The Copa is about to be wrapped up, and we're going to at least get another week and a half. You have two to weeks admit, like this is Europe. the perfect. Uh, light beer to assuage our Premier League hangovers. Okay. Right? Oh, no, absolutely. What's the overlap between, or what's the gap between, not overlap, I'm sure it doesn't overlap, but what's the gap between the end of the Euros and the start of the Olympics? Uh, It's less than a month. Like three weeks. But players are still, I mean, I remember that, I know that Zlatan is one of the callers. I wonder wonder how many players are going to be playing for their national team. In the Olympics, yes, very few. Only Neymar of of significance. In other words, like yeah. for the U.S., what U.S. team are we expect? Well, number they're one, not in the um, they're not even in the tournament. Lost are they? to Colombia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Colombia again. It's been a bad summer Columbians. against Colombia. Yeah. yeah. So that is my top ten list from the Euros. Good top ten. It's a, yeah. it's been a fun tournament so far, and it's given us plenty to talk about. What we don't have a lot to talk about yet are actual Premier League signings. Do have a little bit. Yeah, a, little a few, bit a few transfer rumors. Yep. Some well, interesting well, plenty things. Plenty of rumors. Actual signings. Plenty of rumors. Actual signings. Number One of the top ones, impactful ones, I think it looks like it's probably going to happen, is Victor Wanyama. Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying that properly. Yeah, yeah. You are. Yep. To go from Southampton to Spurs. 
for 11 million pounds. I feel like that is a low price can I put for you on what the spot he could bring. Sure. All right, so I didn't play him at all when he was uh, a saint last year right? in fantasy soccer. Is there a reason why we would want to play him when he's on Spurs roster this coming year? No. No. I, don't, I think he'll I don't think fantasy-wise, he's going to be one of those guys. Um, you know, he's more of a defensive midfielder. Yeah. So he's going to get some, you know, goals every now and then. He's going to be a better real-life player than fantasy okay. player. Okay, all right. And he's going to be, you know, that's, you know, impactful, I think. That's a big deal for Spurs. I it think. is. I think it is a yeah. big signing for Spurs. Yeah. Put him next to Dyer instead of Dembele. That'd be, um, that'd be a decent combination there. Yeah. Dyer's been England's best player yeah. in the Euros. Oh, he's been great. He's Maybe been Kyle really Walker, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting rumor. Manuel Pellegrini possibly to Southampton. Yeah, I saw that. Weird. I, that's that a weird, is a I, weird one. Doesn't seem like that'd be a great fit, but no. I was really surprised to see that. I mean, he's a top shelf manager, though. So he is, great... but that doesn't seem like the Southampton way, right? The Southampton no, way seems to be the other rumor that Southampton is involved with is Claude Puel. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'm saying that right. From Nice, where's Brian Shea when Do- you need him? Doesn't sound right, but I'll, but <laughs> you'll, maybe. you'll let me slide. <laughs> yeah, it could um, be. It could be. <laughs> that right. sounds more like a Southampton signing. Bringing sure. in a coach I've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, like Ronald Koeman was when we br- when when they brought. I'm him sure in. the soccer lifers probably knew who Koeman was. I yeah, did not. I didn't. I like him now. I, I think do. he's a heck of a manager. I think Everton got a good manager. Everton yeah. did really well, which is enough for possibly your boy Lukaku yeah. to stay at Everton. He's I feel like on that. the hard sell, but he's also Koeman's also out there. He's he's recruiting too cuz he knows it's just as likely he might lose Ronald. Well, at Lukaku. least the, the the story that I saw was that that Everton has they've just the amount of money is set really that's, high. That's available to him. Yeah, that it seems like they've reached a point where it's a dollar amount that would be satisfying for him to go play for a club that can win trophies. Or for him to be able to stay, mm-hmm. I think e- it seems like it's reached a point where either outcome is acceptable for him. Yeah. I'm going to be curious to see, too, how his form in the Euros impacts his summer and the, and the uh, success that, that he has. He has not been good. Club. He's not been great he for He finally Belgium. had a good game. Yeah. For Belgium. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't all ride on that tournament, of course, but... It does have an impact. It'd be interesting to see. There's a rumor Pep Guardiola has met the release clause for Nolito, who scored for Spain the other day. He has been. He has. He has gotten better with each match. I think for Spain, well, the second match was probably that deal his is best not match. official. But it's, it's rumored that it's going to be once the tournament's over. It seems over. It's like it's a, a heavy rumor. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one's a little different than most. Uh, hey, we knew Guardiola was going to sign guys. We shouldn't be surprised when he's signing good players, I guess, no. right? I mean, no. it makes sense. Lester. By the way, Nolito's a guy that you might you might pick him up by October in your fantasy soccer lineup if he does go to City. Well, that also brings up, you know, what's Ineacho doing? So in other words, they're bringing in Nolito. We know Aguero is going to be starting, right? Yeah. Um, Ianacho's probably going to be on the bench, which is sad because he ended up being a good play at the end of last season. Brian, yes, did he didn't you tell me his, his goals for start or something was – Yeah, was, he, this, by the end of the season, it was 20 – it was – I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I can give you approximations. I'll take that. It was 20 – I think he finished the season. This is off the top of my head. 26 shots. Somewhere in the in the mid twenties of total shots on goal, I think twelve or thirteen on target, eight goals. Yeah, that is 
just the conversion yeah. that conversion rate for him to yeah. end the season. That was is, the end of the season. That's really high. I mean, you know, obviously it's he's good. not. And that's when he started playing. Was yeah. at the end of the and season, they, and that was when they were playing he and Aguero together. Yeah, that's yeah. not fair. Lester signs a center back from Sporting Gijon. Gijon. Luis Hernandez on a free transfer. I think you were right. I mean, it's fascinating to see. You know, he's 29. He's going to be probably playing you know, alongside or behind Wes Morgan and Robert Huth, a couple of older gentlemen in soccer terms. Wasilewski. He's also in there. I think he's like 30-something as well. It's just fascinating to see the difference in, in transfer philosophies. You know, up until recently with Klopp, Liverpool's philosophy was to try to find guys who were 24 and under uh, you know, and they could bring back, you know, bring bring up into the squad. Lester seems to be going out and saying, okay, who are the upper twenties and lower thirties castoffs that we can still find value with? Yeah. And it's working. Rainier is doing a good job, so we'll see if he ends up having any kind of impact yeah. in the Premier League. It yeah. won't. They're going to get relegated. I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping that all the Lester you're hoping fans, for it. Yeah, you know what? At this point, I'm all in. I hope you know, Lester thinks they're big stuff now. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Maybe they think they found the secret formula that no one else knows. The Ranieri is, you know, waving his wand and dilly dilly dong and whatever, whatever else is going on. Dilly, Say it right. Dilly dilly ding dilly dong. Dilly ding dilly dong. Let's go play and sing songs I, whatever like it's just ridiculous so anyways uh, Mares is going to finish with 20 goals and 20 assists next year he might he's good enough for Arsenal ooh fighting words Scott, who are we learning about this week? Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Crystal Palace this yes. week yes Crystal Palace where all the men look like tall freaks and all the women look like our cheerleaders <laughs> Crystal yes. Palace has an interesting history. This is an incomplete and unofficial history of Crystal Palace, but it'll be one that will help you as you start to watch your Crystal Palace matches this coming season. They started in 1905. 1905 was when they were officially founded as a professional club. They've been playing in Selhurst Park since 1924. Okay. So kind of an old stadium there. Uh their mascot has, uh, I, you, you can tell by now if you've been listening to these club histories, I enjoy the mascots, and uh, theirs is named Kayla. Kayla? She is an American bald eagle. Kayla That has been the, the mascot eagle. since 2010. Yes, yeah, she flies across the, the stadium every before the start of every match. It's very American. It is. They also have two American investors, by the way, uh, that are part of their uh, of course ownership do. group. Yeah. And every, every match kills a plague rat from the, one of the tunnels. <laughs> Uh, Crystal Palace have some uh, have some records that they probably wish they didn't have. Okay. For instance, they have the record for scoring the most points and still getting relegated in a season. You know, the magic number everyone wow. says is 40. forty. Yeah. They had forty nine points one season and got but still relegated. Got relegated. Wow. Yep. Oh, tough uh, year. Yeah, it's tough. horrible. Yeah. They also are the club with the most relegations and the most playoff promotion playoff victories, which is kind of like a backhanded slap to have the most promotion playoff victories. You want those wins, sure. but you don't want to keep getting relegated to have to get those wins. They have four of each. Uh, so, I, you know, things that they probably wish they, they didn't have. They also don't have any major trophies. Their highest league finish was third back in 1990 and 1991 that season. What's funny, though, is that they still didn't get to play in European football, though, despite finishing third because of some sort of sanctions. I didn't do my research to look into what that was. But uh, unfortunately for them, uh, their highest finish, they still didn't get to play in Europe the following year. 
Uh, they sell something called Palace Ale at the stadium. Really? Yeah. Their own brew? Yeah. Yeah. One nice. of their uh, famous follower, fan followers, uh, created the beer. R- Rusty Pipe Tap Water. <laughs> <laughs> only, only found in South London, uh, which is where they are uh, located. They've been in administration twice, which is a sort of like a club bankruptcy for those who don't know. And basically, when you are entered into administration, you, you've got a, you know, someone comes in and they basically re, you know, they, they figure out if, if this can be turned around. They try to get you through this insolvency uh, time. Uh, that the club has had. You know, basically, they just are out of money. They got to sell off all their assets to try to find a way to start oh. making money again. They went into administration in 1999 and 2010. 2010? Yeah. Sounds like a job for the provisional liquidator. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Hopefully, you've been listening to previous episodes to understand that joke. Um, the uh, club player of the year last year. Guess who it was? We, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Crystal Palace because they were in the Premier League last year, so we're familiar with a lot of their players. Guess who their their voted player of the year was? This, this year? This year not or, Scott Dan. or last year? He won it two years ago. This this past year was someone Kabai. else. Was it Yednak? It was not Kabai. Or Johan Kabai. Yednak. Was it? Oh, was no, it, it was Yannick Belasi. You're not going to just Belossi. guess. It was, it was not Belasi. Yes, it was. We, we spent the most time talking about him. Speroni. You're not going to, like, guess the one guy you Connor guess. Wickham. The one guy I wouldn't guess? Yeah. Wayne Hennessy. Well, besides him. No, I was going to say that was <laughs> the right Alan answer. Alan Pardew. Wilfried Zaha. Your Zaha? guy? My, my guy. Yeah, you put the ha in Zaha, Scott? Yeah, you put the ha in, yeah, Zaha, the ha in yeah. the putting the ha in Zaha. Yeah. Because of his inability to score. I know. I know. He was a player of the year last That's year or two what, years ago? Two years ago. Last, this He's past fast. Season. That dude's fast. He is fast. Uh, the uh, claim to fame for Crystal Palace that they're the only club in English football to have cheerleaders. They are known as the Crystals. I love Michael Davies of Men and Blazers. He's always saying there are no women who look like that in South London. Uh, <laughs> but they they they're there. They have a cheerleading squad. Apparently, they, that's very American of them, do, along with their bald eagles. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And their and their own, uh, partial owners. They uh, or investors. They um, they do pre and, and post game uh, routines, and uh, they also go around to fans during the matches and collect money for the club's charities. Nice. Wow. I mean, it's who's a great, not give a I'm surprised they're the only ones doing this. I'm not. It feels weird. It's weird, isn't does it? Does it feel weird having... It doesn't... It feels right having cheerleaders go around collecting for charities. I guess. Brian? I mean, if you're one of 20 that does it, yes, that's very weird. If you were like... <laughs> that's true. Half of the teams have cheerleaders. Yes, maybe they're the trendsetters. Apparently, Leighton... I think it's Leighton... Uh, and I want to give credit to the Guardian again. I think they said Leighton Orient was the other club who used to. I can't remember what they were called, the cheerleaders, but they ended up disbanding their group. Mm, so yeah. it's just Crystal Palace now. Okay. Um, so I wrote a limerick about them. Really? About okay. Crystal Palace? Yeah, about Crystal Palace. All right. All right, let's hear So uh, I'd like to read that for yep. you now. The jokes that South London has no readers. Their best football club is mostly bottom feeders. The Eagles might be bad... Zaha is the best that they had. Don't forget about those weird crystal cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> Eat that, cheerleaders. <laughs> Why are we banging on the crystals? <laughs> Come on. Uh, Let's save that line. Well, look, dude. <laughs> We're not. This is not a Jamie Vardy podcast either. <laughs> 
Well, his, his is more about murder. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Vardy banging is more murder. Uh, All right, moving on. We've got a player that we need to say goodbye to, Brian. Look, are we sure that this has to happen? I mean, it has, especially because of last week's news. So if you listen to our show regularly, you know that we had a segment uh, throughout the season last week, last year that we called the Colback Fact. Yeah, we and did. And now that Jack Colback has been relegated along with his yeah. club, Newcastle, we said goodbye to Jack Colback. Back a few yeah, weeks ago. That's too bad. Someone else who took part in one of our recurring segments is also uh, part of a relegated. I don't club. think these shoes will ever be filled properly. Well, I mean, we'll see. These things. Have I'm a way sure of someone can through. fill those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so we also had a segment that we liked to call the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Yeah, <clears throat> yep. given to the guy who just found a way to waste the most or the most glaring opportunities. Well, Cameron Jerome just signed a contract extension with his relegated club New- uh, Norwich last week. So it seems pretty certain that he is going to be playing in the championship next year, which means that we also need to say goodbye to him. And so we asked Brian Jay to give Cameron yeah. Jerome the send-off that he deserves. Yeah. This needs, I mean, this needs, like, the saddest music. Like that Hans you- Zimmer or John Williams music, sadder right? than that. Well, that's mm. that would be for big drama. This sure. needs, like... I don't know. What's like, what's, what's, uh, what's that song uh, from the Titanic movie? That voice the Men It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. Is there something really like, like murderously sad, like The Cure or something that, uh, or something really mm. even sadder I'm than sure. that? Is there a, a sure. Joy Division song maybe that can really throw I'm this sh- into sh- like I'm sure we'll have despair? Something. Sure. Technically, we said goodbye to Cameron Jerome in week 35 when if we could have seen the future at that point, we would have been able to say goodbye to Norwich City. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Norwich was as high as eighth in the table. Yeah, what, what date? Week three. <laughs> <laughs> right about the time most of the table is still in alphabetical order. <laughs> at the time... David, they yeah. were in eighth, yeah. one spot ahead of ninth place. Arsenal, of course. As the season progressed, Norwich regressed. Then they progressed a tiny bit. Then they regressed again until they hovered between 15th and 18th for most of the season. Yeah. No matter what, Cameron Jerome, 29-year-old striker, he started his career in little Huddersfield town. Climbed slowly through the ranks, even playing at one point, Dave, for your would-be favorites, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, I Did would you know love them. Eventually, he'd get to Stoke and Crystal Palace. Scott, thanks for the Crystal Palace bit a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think for this segment, the moment I want to highlight is Cameron Jerome's debut for Birmingham City in 2006. <laughs> he was a 66th-minute sub yeah. playing against Colchester United. He was sent off less than five minutes after taking the field when he hit an opposing player in the face with his elbow. Certainly, this was the start of Cameron Jerome's Cameron Jerominess. Obviously, he wasn't always terrible. He couldn't couldn't possibly have been terrible the whole time. Right. He's, he's play, he was playing Premier League soccer, but this year... Just three goals on 46 shots in 34 appearances. Needless to say, he didn't do a ton to help Norwich stay up. But what a 
wasteful player. As we mentioned just a little over a month ago, of all Premier League players to have 10 or more clear-cut chances, Cameron Jerome, unless somebody else beat him to this by the end of the season, had the worst conversion rate. He was 2 for 12 in clear-cut chances, 16.7% conversion rate on clear-cut chances. Yet somehow, last week, signed a three-year contract extension to stay at Norwich. So, we say one final time to the most wasteful player we've seen all season. Goodbye, Cameron Jerome. I do not Ah. feel good about this. We will never (laughs) find the shoes to fill his. I don't know. If if England's last wasteful outing had anything to say about it, somebody is going to find a way to replace it. Well, excellent send-off, Brian. Well yes, done. Absolutely. Goodbye, well done. Goodbye absolutely. Cameron Jerome. You know Goodbye, what? Norwich City. Honestly, that's the best thing he deserved all year was a proper send-off right. to I just love the championship. that we watched him and we just knew, we could see, you could see how wasteful he was being. So we just kind of spontaneously, sort of organically created this segment. And then he just... And then Brian he comes it behind out. it and is like, yeah, the stats show it too. And we're like, <laughs> Yes. Amazing. I mean, I I propose that even though we're not going to necessarily see Cameron Jerome on a weekly basis in the championship, maybe we should still keep him in the name of the award. We'll see. I would be okay with that, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to talk. To it's going to take uh, a high level of wastefulness <laughs> to top the Cameron Jerome wastefulness of true. 2015 2016. We can always bring it back if necessary. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, I believe this brings us to the end of our pod for this week. Uh, enjoy Colombia, Chile tonight. They already will have by the time they hear Fair this. enough. Sorry. Do that. To, yeah. just and listen, we enjoy, hope you enjoy, enjoy the Euros. Colombia and Chile tonight. <laughs> last enjoy night. the final. Enjoy the final. Enjoy the final. And the There's Euros. a lot of good soccer coming up. We're it, It's nice, to, you know, obviously on World Cup summers, we have a lot of good soccer. This is a Euro Copa summer, and uh, it's going to carry us through the uh, the dog days this summer. So it's, it's going to be good. How can they talk to us, David? As always, you can find us on Facebook, Fantasy Soccer FC, and at on Twitter, <laughs> at Fantasy Soccer FC. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, we would. So, until next time.